Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Sean Bingham, Director of Risk Management here at McKinney Flavel. Today is Friday, May 19th, 2023, and welcome again to our Hot Commodity Podcast. Today, I have with us our very own Miss Nicole Thomas, VP of Information Services at McKinney Flavel. And uh, we're going to talk about what everyone is asking us questions about. And that's not the PGA Championship, but what is going on with soybean oil? So, hello, Nicole. How are you? I'm good. And definitely don't ask me about a PGA Championship because (laughs) I have no clue. No clue. None. How about PBA? Are you follow the Professional Bowlers Tour? Is that even PBA? Um, I don't even know what that is. No, but I have (laughs) a younger cousin who is a pretty solid bowler, and I hate going bowling with him as a family because he's going to make me look bad in front of my yeah. son. And then it's doubly bad. Yeah. Throw up the bumpers for me, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> if, yeah. If I bowl, I want the, I want the bumpers cause I'm, <laughs> I'm all over the show on the bowling alley. So uh, yeah. anyway, awesome. Well, let's jump into it. So sure. Nicole, you're going to cover what you're, what you're seeing fundamentally in soybean oil. And, uh, and you wanted to talk a little bit about palm oil and then we're going to play a, uh, a game of if this, then that, and I'll explain that when we get to it. But uh, I'll Ooh, let you fire. Sounds like fun. Oh uh, well, you know what? You and I always like doing. I know we have so good games. We, we always have, have good, good games. games. Exactly. So I thought, why, why break that momentum? So uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll let. I'll let you fire away and uh, give us your thoughts on what you're seeing in uh, in the soybean oil market or the edible oils market, for that matter. Well, first and foremost, I am happy to uh, potentially retire my moniker of the Grim Reaper of Markets and that we are finally in what uh, I hope will be a sustained bearish market. And I will say, you know, from a fundamental standpoint, uh, things look much, much brighter on the horizon. Overall, a few little potential trouble spots we'll talk about. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, it's been good to have those calls with clients uh, and, and get the emails from clients like, hey, did you see the market today? Look, we're down in the mid-40s. This is great. And then, of course, the next question is always, so how much lower is it going to go? So, <laughs> so you're, hanging up, you're hanging up your sickle then. For yes, your, your yes. The your sickle seat. has been uh, put in the closet yeah. to only come out during Halloween when it's go. fun. Um, so as far as the fundamentals are concerned, we have had an abundance of bearish signs, Mm -hmm. um, in the realm of vegetable oil. And I'm sure Sean, you're going to talk a little bit about, uh, the spec side of things and some of Mm -hmm. that, uh, short in the market that has certainly helped, but, you know, thinking or, or, or looking more at the, uh, just the underlying fundamentals here, you know, of course, uh, the one thing that's been in the market for months now is, uh, Argentinian production which I Mm -hmm. think more or less the market is like, yeah, been there, done that. We knew that. Let's look ahead. But we we do continue to see reductions to to that crop, the soy crop now, uh, at least via the Buenos Aires uh, Grain Exchange. They've taken that all the way down to 21 and a half, or no, 21, down from 22 and a half million tons, uh, which is amazingly poor. I think 1999, 2000, 
marketing year is how far back you have to go to get that sort of production number. And that predated all this acreage expansion in South America for perspective. Um, But that's, that's the bad news. And like I said, I think the market has been, has been looking at this for months now, but the good news is going into 23-24 and absent of La Nina, that production should fully recover. Looking at something in the 40s, uh, maybe 46, 47, who knows, maybe even a 48 million ton crop. And, you know, the same could be said with uh, as it relates to Brazil, which did phenomenally well this year with their crop um, mm-hmm. record setting. Yep. And they may add another five to seven million tons onto that next year on top of what they did this year. So that too helps uh, along with the projections that came out for the U.S. via WASD last week, growing ending stocks of, of soybeans anticipated for 23-24 there as well. And at this stage, anyway, I don't see anything that, that should prevent that. So in the domestic market for soy, we're getting a lot of bearish signals. Looking at soybean oil specifically in the domestic uh, market, uh, April crush uh, for NOPA was record setting, uh, highest April crush on record. And even year to date, crush is now very close to last year's pace for a minute there. We were getting a little nervous earlier on in the marketing year. Things fell off a little bit in November, December, but we've recovered pretty well there uh, too. And added bonus for soybean oil users is that yield. That oil Mm -hmm. yield uh, in April was around 11.94 pounds per bushel. And anyone that's been in this stuff uh, or around this stuff as long as as I have remembers when that yield sat a little closer to 11.45 pounds per bushel. Mm -hmm. So seeing it that high, great. Uh, in the sense that in order, you know, probably not so great from a, a crusher standpoint <laughs> with <laughs> mill carrying the value means right. they got to crush more beans to get the same amount of mill. But for us oil users, that is great. Not to mention that oil stocks, uh, soybean oil stocks at the end of April were up 8% year over year. So looking better there as well. I'm still a believer that, you know, even USDA's projection for 22-23 can improve as far as ending stocks are concerned. Arguably still a little high on that biofuels consumption uh, at 11.6 pounds per bushel, or excuse me, 11.6 billion pounds of usage. Mm. However... Maybe not as overstated considering some of this week, recent weakness in pricing and how that may uh, lead to additional uh, consumption in that category. Uh, but nonetheless, I think we can make a case for carry-in uh, in 23-24 being at or above 2 billion pounds, which ultimately will help carry out for 23-24. And then on top of that, You've got stuff going on in a positive form with oils elsewhere in the world. You know, our Canadian canola oil production is up 28% year over year. Folks that buy (laughs) sunflower and didn't switch out the canola, even though canola oil is relatively inexpensive right now as well. Mm -hmm. So is sunflower oil, at least for the time being, with uh, European prices coming down a lot uh, that is making its way into the U.S. market as well. And also leading to a little greater consumption of that in areas that would otherwise be pulling palm or soy uh, in the global market. So overall, looking pretty bearish for most of the vegetable oils. Now, there's always caveats. And there is one caveat. (laughs) uh, Here it comes, right? Yes. Not full. It's not full on sickle. 
Yeah. Okay. This is more. This is more of a little dacker. This is one of those uh, electric weed cutters. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Just a right. warning. You know, right. a little, little something to, to keep an eye on. Uh, palm. So, few things uh, to consider. Number one, as much as La Nina was horrible for production of soy mm. uh, over here, uh, El Nino tends to not be good for Southeast Asia. Uh, they tend to get a little drier. And historically, in El Nino years, we see palm uh, production come down accordingly, uh, palm oil production mm-hmm. come down. And considering that the overwhelming majority of that palm oil is produced in two countries in Southeast Asia, Indonesia and Malaysia, then bad weather there could be extremely, uh, or I should say a lack of precipitation could be uh, extremely impactful for uh, palm oil production overall. Right. And adding to that, production's already slowing. And and that's ahead of El Nino. We're not in El Nino yet, uh, potentially as early as later this summer into the fall, almost with, you know, uh, high level of confidence will be there uh, at the end of this year. But well ahead of it, it's already a, been a little dry over there. And, mm-hmm. you know, arguably we're seeing the effects of years of, you know, limited maintenance of the trees, limited replanting, limited use of inputs, all the things that came along with, with um, COVID and its impact on labor and ultimately its impact on price inflation. And so looking at the month of April as an example, uh, Malaysian palm oil production was down 18% year over year. Wow. And which is probably a little scarier because we, we were totally excited earlier in this year to see those stocks levels get back to what we're used to seeing historically. Well, now they're starting to trend mm. lower. And we were just shy of one and a half million tons of, of Malaysian palm oil stocks at the end of April. Uh, but that was down 9% versus 2022. Mm. So there's enough out there with Palm that I think, you know, as much as I also argue, you know, you should be chipping away at your coverage for, for soybean oil, particularly after, you know, this week's declines mm. uh, in prices. You should probably be doing the same, if not more, or at least a little more focus on Palm oil because uh, it's reaping the benefit of all this weakness from soy, as well as some substitution, like the example I gave of of sunflower oil in uh, India, as opposed Mm -hmm. to palm. And consumption has not been great for palm of late. So this is, you got a lot of positive bearish signals right now, or, or bearish market factors at play right now, giving you that price opportunity. Uh, to go ahead and and start looking at extending that coverage into uh, into next year. Yep. Don't necessarily want to rest that. So overall, from a you know kind of fundamental standpoint, I would say things are looking a lot better for 23 and 24. Our futures market is trying to find its floor. I think we're in our quote unquote new normal now, comfortably trading in the 40s. Hopefully we'll keep that way. And you're not, and you're not going to say anything scary about crude oil here in a moment. Um, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> good, good. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, if it, it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to chase it to the bottom, but I would continue to to chip away at it on dips um, because it feels like you know once you get down into those low 40s, 
you may be hitting some some longer term support from a technical standpoint, but also you know, keeping in mind that low prices incentivize growing consumption as well. Mm-hmm. So if we stay down there uh, for too long, you're just going to motivate uh, more more uh, renewable diesel usage and pop that price right back up. So agreed. That's the yeah. fundamental take. Yeah, and I th- I think you're right about you know th- when you look at at agricultural commodities as a whole, and I'm I'm talking about you know, the grain market and the soy market mainly. There's definitely some head some some headwinds to price that are blowing that are that are pushing everything down. But if I if you ask me, pick one contract that probably is going to find a floor faster than others, I would say likely soybean oil just because of the the uh, renewable diesel component to it. And uh, and of course corn I think has has room to the downside. Wheat's wheat's a bit of a toss up. Obviously, they're they, mm-hmm. they're going to be they're going to be struggling. Uh, winter wheat's going to be struggling because yep. of the dryness in Canada. But uh, uh, I, you know, I we're we have recommended uh, taking some coverage further out than I would normally mm-hmm. suggest exactly. in soybean oil through twenty twenty four, which is a little scary to play that far out. But when you look at the the demand drivers for soybean oil, I think it. I think it makes sense to not miss an opportunity when it's given to you. And uh, anyway, so I thought on that note, we would, we would play uh play a little game where we talk, you were talking about some ranges for soybean oil. And so I thought we would uh, at least on the technical side, put that to the test somewhat in some of these models. So if you were with us at our spring seminar or with us virtually at our spring seminar, I covered energy and the emphasis I wanted to cover was how energy was impacting some of these agriculture commodities, specifically corn and soybean oil with regard to ethanol and renewable diesel. And one of the things I mentioned at the end of, uh, of my uh, presentation was we have some statistical models now where we can, we can take some of this information, both the supply and demand and where some of these energy prices are and throw them into this model, and it will look at uh, this information historically and give us some pretty good ideas of where soybean oil should be trading, given what we've seen in the past. So I'm going to even take this moment to say, if you weren't with us at the spring seminar, it's not too late. (laughs) Uh, Those videos are available. Talk to your McKinney Flavel representative to get access to those. Uh, or go to the McKinneyFlavel.com website. And I believe uh, our back-end genius, Pete, has that all set up where you can log in and uh, and get to those videos as well. Because there's a there's a wealth of information uh, in in that seminar. And, and uh, highly entertaining. And it's it, entertaining. <laughs> we we put sugar with the medicine, sir. Yes, no doubt about it. This was this was absolutely a highly entertaining because we like to have fun too. Yes, can, you know you can't just you can't just drone on about this stuff without having a little fun. Exactly. So so let's have let's speaking of fun, let's do this. So <laughs> I put I put this model together this morning, and so okay. Uh, the first one I wanted to look at was uh, for soybean oil was our new our now new stocks to use level and where crude oil is. So. As of this morning, crude oil was trading at seventy about seventy one dollars. Mm-hmm. I think we're a little higher now, closer to seventy two. But I'm going to go with the seventy one for now. Okay. And we have a new stocks to use, and this is for soybeans, not soybean oil, because right. the correlation 
to uh, for soybean oil is actually much more correlated to the stocks to use for soybeans, as would kind of make sense. So mm-hmm. uh, we have a new stocks to use level at uh, 7.6, I believe, and that's yep. up from 4.8 in the last crop. So if we throw uh, if we throw those numbers in, $71 crude oil and a 7.6 stocks to use level, I get a, the model spits out a soybean oil price of 4580 Ah, there we go. So we are trading a little bit higher. Again, you know, it's you know, you kind of have to look at these as this is where the market somewhat should be, mm-hmm. um, and that's with a confidence or an R, you know, a, a correlation of about sixty percent. What we really should be doing, although most people can talk crude oil easier than uh, other products, what we really ought to be looking at though is heating oil because heating oil is the ultra low sulfur diesel contract in the NYMEX. And that this morning was trading at 240 per gallon. And if we throw that in that model with the 7.6 stocks to use, that gets us a level of 46.95, which is only about a penny below where we are trading. Mm -hmm. So what I thought, Nicole, we would do is kind of play, where do we think the range Mm-hmm. based on this model could be. So what I'd like for you to do is give me kind of your high-low estimate okay. for stocks to use, mm-hmm. and I'll throw out my high-low estimate for, uh, for we'll just use crude oil. Okay. And uh, and then we'll just kind of give the viewers or the listeners, I don't think anybody's viewing this, the <laughs> listeners, uh, what what at least what our statistical models say that we should expect for a range. Sounds so, great. Uh, I like so it. give me... Start, you can start high or start low, whichever one you want. All right, let's start high because I'm I'm on okay. an optimistic kick these days. I like that. Uh, so let's say we have a bin buster soybean crop in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and uh, South America takes some some additional, even beyond what USDA has projected today, takes some additional export demand away from us. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, farmers. Uh, but good for oil mm-hmm. buyers. Let's use, let's say if that stocks to use ratio were to get up to nine, let's use 9%. 9%. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about your low estimate? Uh, low estimate, if all of a sudden consumption took off, don't know why. Uh, <laughs> or what would probably more likely happen, or it would be more likely to happen the weather does not fully cooperate, right? And we get a lower yield, and those stocks fall closer to three hundred million. Probably still not as bad as this last year, but let's say on the low end, five and a half percent. Five and a half percent. Okay, so that that's your estimate. So then I'll throw out my uh, my low and high on crude oil. I think. Uh, for me, I think it's going to be difficult for crude oil to get under 60. And I'm just talking about this year, basically, mm-hmm. uh, you know, through December. I think it's going to be tough for crude oil to get much under. I think we could trade under 65, but I don't think we're going to stay under 65. Mm-hmm. I think OPEC has got uh, has got a lot <laughs> of incentive to continue to cut if they want to. Mm-hmm. There's still pretty good demand. Obviously, the crude oil piece of this is very driven by where we think the economy is going. Mm-hmm. I think that's still up in the air. I think most economists, including myself, and I'm not an economist, but think <laughs> that we are going to have some kind of a recessionary period 
later this year, maybe fourth quarter or early, early next year. So I'm going to put my low estimate. I'm going to say my low estimate is 65. Okay. So we will put that with Fair your enough. 9% stocks to use. And then on, on the high side, gosh, I mean, if you look <laughs> at some, of, if you look at some of these previous estimates from, uh, you know, the JP Morgans, whatever, I mean, we had some stuff in the nineties, uh, mm-hmm. I think somebody was calling for a hundred. I think those are pretty overblown. Uh, I don't think seventy-five is out of range at all. I mean, my my real guess is we're probably going to trade between about we're going to trade near seventy, kind of where we are now for most of the rest of the year. But I, I'm just going to throw out eighty bucks. Okay, fair so enough. so let's let's just go ahead and take. Give me a second here. I'm just going to throw that in here. So we're going to say we're going to say a nine percent stocks to use level, and we're going to say a $65 barrel accrued. So Nicole, my model tells me that that would put uh, soybean oil at 42.15 mm. cents per pound. So that's the Fair. that's the good news, right? Yes. That's yes. We, that's what we want that to see. That would be awesome. That's, yes. And and you know, we're not not terribly far away. Exactly. It's I mean, doable. Heck, another, we, another 2 3 cents, 4 cents or a week. Well, shoot, shoot, we, we dropped uh, no kidding we dropped 10 cents in soybean oil in the last five six days so yeah. uh i mean statistically that's well within range so yeah right. so let's just let's just call that 42 cents so let's put in our other estimate we're okay. gonna say 5.5 percent stocks to use and we're gonna put an 80 dollar ouch crude oil level and you know this isn't terrible but uh but i think it's expected uh, 51 and a quarter. Uh, yeah. I wondered if we would make our way into the fifties. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. F- 51 and a quarter. So, um, just, uh, yeah, I think, you know, given, given the way the, the, this data analysis works, I would say that that's probably pretty confident, uh, you know, range we're looking at using those yeah. two scenarios, roughly 42 to, to 51 cents. And, uh, and if you're uh, a client out there and, and you want to follow this, we can, you know, give Nicole or I a call and, and we can discuss other potential scenarios. We can add other other variables to this as well. So uh, if we want to exactly. really fine tune these. But uh, another another new risk management tool that uh, that I'm happy to have and uh, hopefully we'll use this not just for soybean oil, but for some other products to help us you know, make better, uh, better decisions. Cause really, and I've been in markets a long time and, and the, and the best you can do is gather up as much information as you can and make as exactly. best educated decision as you can. Cause you're never going to get it right all the time. Exactly. Uh, matter of fact, if you can get it right half the time, you're, you're really, really good. You're doing really, <laughs> you're well. doing really, really well. So anyway, so there you have it. That's all right. That's yes. going to be our call for the, for uh 2023 soybean. There oil, we 40, go. 42 to 51. And, we'll be uh, talking about this in December at the end of the year. Uh, how did we do yeah. with our projection uh, podcast? Yeah. So. Absolutely. I, I think I think we're I think we're pretty solid. I think, it's I think pretty we're solid. pretty solid with this. Yeah, yeah. Those numbers those numbers didn't surprise me. So uh pretty good. Awesome. Well great, Nicole. Thanks for thanks for jumping on and, and, and chatting pleasure. with us. I, I guess that'll wrap up. We ran a little long, but oh well. Uh wrap up our good, it's good info. It is good info. Wrap up our weekly hot commodity podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening in again. And as Mike uh now likes to say. 
the dude abides. (laughs) Until next time, everyone. And if you don't get that, you gotta you gotta download the spring seminar video, and and, and, it'll, yes. all, and it'll all make sense. It will all make and sense. And if you're a fan of the big big Lebowski, then it'll all make sense anyway. Anyway, so all you Gen Zers, go watch that exa- good movie. Exactly. You probably never heard of it, but go watch it. It's a good movie. It, it's worth it. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, until next time, take care, and we will see you at the next podcast. See ya. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favell's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit McKinney-Favell.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.